Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Jeff Lightsey Jr. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Jeff Lightsey Jr. sitting in for Dave today. I appreciate it uh, as always, Jeff. Thank you uh, very much. Did want to give a, uh, a shout-out to one Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, man. Uh, the official end of his uh, NFL playing career. Uh, we will never know how things might have gone had the, in his, the uh, injury not happened when he was at Minnesota because I think he was at a place that loved him. Uh, and that obviously, I think, uh, cost him. And Teddy was a good example of what what's life like when you're like the 33rd best quarterback in the world. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, and you just sort of bounce around between right on that line of being good enough to be somebody's starter and, and good enough not. Uh, not shocked at all that I think he basically ended his career having this reputation to be like, you may not want to play him all the time, but you definitely want him on your team. Absolutely. And I'm not shocked that that was how he ended up in the NFL uh, being viewed by people at all. That's who he has always been. Man, he was so beloved. Like, I've you can't find a person to say a bad word about Teddy Never. Bridgewater. Like, I mean, he's just awesome. Like, he just seems to be awesome at everything. He just seems to be very well loved, always shows love. And then his next, you know, chapter is going to be the head coach at Miami Northwestern. Uh, it, it seems like that deal has been in the works yeah. for a while. There was chatter about it. You know, in October, November, Michael Lee Harris was the coach of Miami Northwestern. He f- wrapped that up in November. So I think Teddy's known that he was going yeah, to so do too. this since November, like since Michael Lee wrapped it up, because the Lions just got eliminated a couple of days ago, and Teddy got introduced as the head coach today. Yeah. So, like, that was, seems like it was very fast, quick transition. I love it for him, man, and I love what it could mean for Louisville. Like, it's it's just awesome on every front. Yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled for – Teddy, yes, uh, who you know, I'm sure he's doing perfectly fine financially. Absolutely, uh, <laughs> I'm thrilled for him to get the chance to. I'm, I'm thrilled for those kids. I tweeted that earlier. That's awesome. I just, yes. you know, did the uh, this uh, podcast about Louisville with uh, with Keith Wynn and some others, and one of the questions that was asked was uh, that Ryan Nani asked us, everybody, all of us, was like, who's more. Uh, beloved by the fan base lamar or teddy it's not and even i a i said it's teddy it's not even a question. like i said people are are more uh in awe of lamar yes but they love teddy like their son yes and i i don't think that this is even close yeah i don't think it is either in that and like that's no shade to lamar though that's right like it, it just it, it's a combination that's of, a statement about Teddy. yeah it's, you're 100 right it's a statement about teddy and it's a combination of things 
like that, that kind of took place during that era, right? Like you had Charlie Strong coming in. Teddy was his first big recruit. Uh, he was the guy, like he was the guy I remember because I'm always, I've been a recruiting nerd for a long time. And so when Teddy committed, it was like, oh, he's the guy that's supposed to save, like, you know, everybody, oh, he's the one that's going to save our program. Well, he did. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, those, most of those guys don't pan out. Like, yeah. you get the guy that, oh, he's supposed to come in and change the program and make it this, and they're going to be a reflection of him because he's the quarterback, X, Y, Z, blah, 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 even as a freshman. Most freshmen don't come in and – well, he did. Yeah. He came in, and the team took over his personality. He was awesome when he was behind the podium. He was awesome just around campus or whatever. He wins. He, he plays through injuries. He gets drafted first round. Like, all of the things that the franchise quarterback is supposed to do, even at a college level he did it and he did it well and then he goes to the league and does the same thing like I said the injuries even without injuries never complained never said woe is me even though he had this literally almost a career ending injury and still got 10 years out of it and now instead of just hanging up because he, I'm sure he stashed millions away because he was getting you know five million a year sure, one yeah. year deals five million or whatever he said, okay, I'm a, during the offseason, I'm going to learn the high school game because he would go back uh, throughout the season on bye weeks or whatever, help out Miami Northwestern, and now he's ready to take over as the head coach, and I know he's going to do awesome. And I'm not sad to have a Louisville guy there not at, all. at Miami Northwestern. <laughs> of all places, all. for crying oh, out loud, man. man. It is Hook it. us up. I mean, that is – and the thing is, Mark, they've actually been kind of down recently. Yeah. Like 2022, they had, a, they had like their worst year ever. 2023, they had a four and six year. So, like, they're looking – for their savior almost to come in and help get it back to you know when teddy was there they were like winning national championships like they were the premier school in miami and that's saying a lot like you've been the premier school in south florida like that's awesome and then you got you said teddy eli rogers michael lee harris tutu, tutu atwell yeah. all these guys came out of that school to this place so having an alum of our school at that place eh, can't help can't hurt i'm not sad can't about hurt. that uh, at all so shout out uh, to teddy I uh, hope he is uh, super successful there. I have no doubt that he will be. Absolutely. None. No, he's gonna be, I have no doubt awesome. uh, about that. 8150-939, that's uh, the number if you would like to get in here. We were talking uh, before we took the break here uh, about, uh, again, assuming that there is a, a a change in leadership, one of the first things that a new coach is going to do is uh, you know evaluate that roster, and the players are going to evaluate that coach. Yes. Uh, and you're going to have decisions in – in the pros, like I hear NFL players talk about this all the time. They're like, usually you, you would think like when the reason there's a rally when the coach gets fired is because every player knows I'm now performing for the next coach. Yes. Because the first thing he's going to do is come in and watch film of all of you. Yes. Uh, and decide who's who do I want to stay and who doesn't. Uh, it, that won't be a mutual thing. Uh, and I would think that, that we got some of that going on too. And I think you were wise in the previous segment to say, uh, that Louisville fans should be prepared for the new guy to maybe not want to keep someone that you think he should want to keep. Yes. I totally agree uh, with that. Uh, I wonder who you think that is. Like, which, if I were to ask Jeff, if you get the job mm -hmm. right now, which of these guys would you be like, I really would like to see what I can do with those guys? I, like I said, so I'm assuming that at least seven new guys are coming in. So I'm, if you, I'm giving myself max four guys that can stay, right? Because I don't think it'll. Yeah, be I think more four is good. I think it won't be more than four. I, yeah. If anything, it'll be less. But if if you're giving me four spots that I'd want to keep, Brandon's number one, Tyler's number two, Curtis Williams number three, and this fourth spot is tough. It's either 
Mike James or Caleb Glenn, and but because Caleb is from Louisville, I'm gonna say Caleb Glenn. <laughs> like, but that those are my four. Those are the four uh, that if I could keep them, I would. That's not to say that all four of those guys are gonna be on the roster next year. But those would be Jeff's four. What about you, Mark? Uh, I think those are the four that I would go. Oh. Uh, that I would probably go with uh, as well. I really like Curtis and Caleb a lot. Yes. Uh, and I, I think Tyler is a blank slate. Like, I, you know, he is. He, I think all he does is go out and play with, with instinct. Yes. Uh, it, it, like, like someone who's self-taught. Yeah. You know, and you no, watch yeah. them, and they do all sorts of technical things wrong, but they, they've just taught themselves how to make that instrument make that sound anyway, or something. That's how he looks like when he plays. Uh, to me, uh, Curtis, I. Uh, looks very smooth to me, and yes. Caleb looks like he has an NBA body, uh, and is raw uh, as well. I love those guys. Uh, I would love every one of them back, uh, and then I would be f- totally content to just supplement the roster with whoever that person intends to bring in uh, around them. Because I feel like that's a a skilled core. I feel like Brandon's the least likely of any of those guys to come back, no matter what. Yes, just you know, he's older. Yes, you know, you want to get that clock going, and I think he has shown some nice things at times uh, this year to where he might have some options. I don't know about the other guys. Uh, but I, I don't think that any of them are worth not considering making a change just to sort of keep certain guys because you you can't really count on that anyway. No, no. It, it, with the ever changing, I mean, not only in the transfer portal allow you to transfer, of course, but now with the court saying that you can transfer essentially as many times as you want and not even have to put in any waivers or anything, like guys can pick up and move, and and that is. It, it worries teams, but it's also beneficial when you're if you bring in a new guy. Yeah. Because now every roster, I mean, I hate to say it like this, but every roster is it, it could be invaded. Yes. Right. Like no matter if the guy's already transferred twice or before or whatever. So it allows you because there's going to be names as there is every single year of guys who look like they're in ideal situations. They hit the portal. Yeah. You know, they're guys that look like they're happy, they're winning, they're content or whatever, and they end up. Hunter Dickinson ends up at Kansas, yeah. right? Like, it's like, whoa, what more could Michigan get? Now, granted, they weren't winning as much as they probably should have been, but, like, he was their guy. He, he got all the points, got all the – but he still ends up in the portal, right? You know what I mean? And if yeah. you, and maybe NIL, it affects his decision or whatever, and even if that's the case, I like where we sit at Louisville. If NIL is de- affecting decisions, oh, sure. I'm watching what's happening on this football team, and I know if the right guy gets the job with the – I mean, I, hate, I keep calling it this, but the 502 circle to me is a war chest, right? It is a feather in your cap. Whether people want to poo-poo guys getting paid in college or not, this is the world we live in. Yes. And when you have an organization like the 502 circle that is working in conjunction with the university, and they're working really, really well together, at least in other sports, where so much so where the university is putting out – NIL testimonies. I don't know yeah. if you saw that this yes. week, Mark. The the volleyball players came out and said, NIL got me a car. And how great it is. The 502 circle is amazing. That's for the volleyball team. That's no disrespect to the volleyball team. But as far as prestige and eyeballs and attention and resources dedicated towards, the men's basketball team will get even more than that. Yes. And so if you get in the right guy, those resources will go over back to your men's basketball team, and you will be able to get some of these guys who may have a high price tag, but will be able to immediately impact your team. And that's what it, and that's what matters. In in basketball, you know, getting one guy in football 
you know, that is one eighty-fifth of your scholarship guys. <laughs> yes. And in basketball, it's ten percent of your roster, basically. Yes. yes. You, know, you can. It's a lot easier, I think, to be impactful with just a couple of people, which is all you really need. Yes. And and a ch- and in football, like how many points is a corner worth? Yeah. Like how many points is even a right tackle? Right. Like that, that's no disrespect to those teams, but they're not. I mean, maybe a point, maybe half a. You know what I mean? Like, but a. But a top point guard, right? Oh no, changes that's everything. Worth, that's worth some points. A, yeah. a guy that can go get you twenty a night, or fifteen f- between fifteen and eighteen a night. Oh, that that's worth that's value, right? I can actually put the value on that versus a four star kid out of Miami that I haven't seen play yet. And not to say he won't be great, but I don't know. But if I get a a twenty two year old that just averaged twenty two points, maybe in the MAC or something, or averaged you know twelve points at Oklahoma, but doesn't like the situation or whatever. Oh, oh, I know that works. I've seen it for three years work, yeah. and so that is also where it in basketball. I think one, they'll have more resources because there's more people invested, and two, like you said, one or two players just makes a world of a difference as opposed to one or two players on a football field. Eighty-one fifty ninety-three nine. That is uh, the number if you'd like to get in here. 3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. We'll kick things off here with uh, Kathy. Kathy, welcome into the drive-on. How are you doing? Fine. Um, I missed the first part. Who did you say the four players that were? Do you, you would keep? I would keep Mike James. Okay. Okay, yeah, that was our swing vote uh, yeah. there with Mike James. Uh, yeah, yes. I would keep Mike James. I'd tell Sky Clark to go to the river. <laughs> To uh, the river. <laughs> well, Kathy wants to uh, execute Mike James. <laughs> Scott uh, uh, Mike James, uh, 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 Caleb Glenn I'd keep. Um, uh, I don't know about Ty Lore. It depends on what the who the new coach is going to be, I think. The verdict's out on him, I think. Uh, but uh, I think Huntley Hatfield... He's probably going to be gone. Um, but I don't know who the fourth one is that I'd keep, but I sure wouldn't keep Sky Clark, I'll tell you. <laughs> what is it about Sky Clark, Kathy? What is it? I, I think he's selfish. And uh, I, I That was me not arguing with you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. <laughs> and I just love to hear Steve laugh. I just think that's the most wonderful laugh. But anyway, uh, uh, I have you guys heard the rumor that West Virginia wants to come to the ACC? Okay, I have not uh, heard That's that. Mark's wheelhouse. Yeah, <laughs> I have not heard that. Thank you for the call, Kathy. It's good uh, to hear from you. I hope you have a good weekend. Um, uh, no, I've not heard that. Although, in the past, they most definitely did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think at this point, with, with things going on in the sport, I don't I don't know that anyone wants to be in the ACC that's in the Big 12. I was about to say, just because yeah. we're kind of all in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. that's It's the definition of a lateral move. Yeah. You know, right now uh, with, with things, and we can talk a, a little bit more about um, the new alliance uh, in a little <laughs> yeah. bit. No, hell, we can just talk about it right now. Uh, it was reported earlier uh, today. <laughs> Uh, that uh, the, the alliance that we all just love to pillory. Uh, Ugh, freaking goodness, Jim Phillips' baby. 
Yes, that he's super proud of something uh, that did nothing. Uh, his words literally watched everything crumble up under this alliance. By the way, but yeah, keep going. <laughs> so the uh, the SEC and the Big Ten have announced that, that they are uniting uh, to create a uh, an advisory committee between the two of presidents and athletic directors, and maybe even they said maybe even some uh, actual ath- athletes and things like that uh, to to address some of the issues going on. Uh, in college sports, and I think it's entirely rational for fans of teams that are not in those two conferences to look at this and be like, oh, crap. <laughs> they really are going to just do whatever they want to do, isn't exactly it? Exactly what it means. It's like the devil making a deal with the devil. I mean, hate to say it like that, but I also think part of this, too, just when I initially saw this, to me, this was all about NIL. Like, just how I – I don't know how you may have taken it, but to me, with what's taking place with the NCAA cherry-picking who they want to target with this NIL stuff, I think this is just the Big Ten and the SEC coming together and saying, hey, you got our back, we got your back. We're we're all going to fight the NCAA on this NIL stuff. Yeah. You know, they're going to pick on Tennessee. They're going to try to go after uh, even the Florida State's in the ACC. But, like, if they tried, I don't – I haven't – I haven't heard of any of the Big Ten schools kind of getting, you know, picked apart by the NCAA, but I know Tennessee's in the news. I know Florida State. I have heard uh, some other, maybe Ole Miss or somebody, but like like just little nitpicky type of NCAA violations, and they're like, hey, we're, we're sticking together on this. None of our schools are going down behind this because, you know, we got the money to, you know, the one to fight it, and we have the money to play, pay the players. I mean, we got Ohio State spending $13 million on the roster. You know, good for them, but that's a lot of money to spend for a roster. Yep. You've got Tennessee, the whole thing with uh, Nico, the, the five-star quarterback. I mean, apparently his deal was multi-million dollars. That's one player, you know? So it's like, yeah, we can do that, and it's fine, and there's no – there's no rules you guys put out there, so we're going to create our own rules. And part of that is sticking together to make sure none of you get in trouble, quote-unquote, however much trouble you can get in. But it's NIL stuff. That's what I think it is. Yeah, it certainly seems like it's, uh, in particular it has a lot to do with NIL. Florida was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, oh, Florida right. also with the Jalen Rashada stuff, which yeah, I, I think they should get in trouble, but that's another thing. <laughs> there, ha- It's interesting – in the end, this always feels to me like, Jeff, that the schools want there to be rules for everyone else, but not themselves. <laughs> and I think Very they're true. trying to figure out how can we get together and make rules that never limit us. This is very true. As a group. That, that, that's what it looks Especially like. Especially from me. those two conferences. Absolutely. When you when you have those two conferences, it's like, oh, yeah. Because they, cause they I, I mean, I hate to say it, but because of – their TV contracts being so astronomically larger than everyone else's, they're almost like playing in different leagues. I mean, when you have the Big Ten who gets deals with CBS, NBC, or whoever, ESPN, and they get a billion dollars, right, where every school gets $100 million a year. Same with the SEC. And then you got schools in the ACC. Some of them aren't getting anything. Like SMU, they said, hey, just let us join. We don't even want anything, right? Like, it's almost like you're playing in different leagues. So that is why those two, when they can pay out $100 million per school, they're like, look, we're the big dogs. We're making all the money. Let's get together to make sure nobody can mess with our money or mess with our programs. And that's what I think is taking place. No, I I think you're right. Uh, and we are – we're heading towards something. I think the something else, just sort of an, a, a, an organized way of doing – I don't think they're going to break away from the NCAA because here's the thing. They all love the NCAA when it's regulating someone else, <laughs> and they all believe it. They all think all every school thinks you all out there 
are untrustworthy heathens and that the NCAA is a necessary even to keep all of you reined in, but they don't want any, any restrictions on themselves. Every one of them. That's what it's about. It's about keeping my neighbors under control. I don't need this. You need this. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take it. If you it don't keeps think under control. they'll ever, I, I think we just, my opinion, if I they did, we, they'd turn around and just create another NCAA. That's what I think is going to happen. Okay. I think there's going to be some sort of governing body that isn't titled the NCAA. There's going to be somebody who becomes the commissioner of the big 10 SEC conjoined thing, whatever it may be, because I, I, the reason why I think the NCAA is slowly but surely dying is because of the Supreme Court. I think I heard you may have said, like, the Supreme Court already said, like, if you ever come to us with any of this money stuff, we're always going to side with the players. We're always going to side with the schools. Like, you guys got over for far too long. And sp- particularly Brett Kavanaugh was like, look, man, like, this should have never happened, right? But now that we've got it in front of us and we can make a decision, it will never happen again moving forward. And once the NCAA starts losing multiple, it's like, what can you do? What can you say? Because the biggest form of cheating, quote unquote, is paying players or was paying players. And then it was sign stealing. Well, that team won the championship. And their coach is off to the NFL. So who can you punish? Like, who can you, you can't punish anybody? That, the guy. Louisville. <laughs> That's exactly who you can punish. That's exactly who you can punish. So, like, that guy's off. Like, he he robbed the bank and got away with it, right, because he got his championship, and he got a, a dream job in L.A. to coach Justin Herbert. You know, all, that's all he gets to do. So, who do you want to punish, Sharon Moore? And then Sharon Moore or punish the guys at Michigan? Because they're going to have 15 draft picks. So, none of the guys who you, quote, unquote, are going to punish were even played or even was on the team. So, it's like, okay, you can't punish anybody for paying players. You can't punish anybody for physically stealing signs, going to games, stealing signs. What can you do? Well, there's nothing much. I think we got it from here on out. NCAA, you guys can go ahead and manage, like you said, something else because we got this over here, this football thing. And and not necessarily – I don't think the NCAA will go away for everybody else. I think for football, though, it's becoming so large. It's so different than everything else. It is. I think it's yeah. I think it's bigger than the NCAA now. I think they need their version, love them or hate them, of Roger Goodell. They need a commissioner. They need someone to because these conferences are so big now. These conferences make so many so much money now. NIL is is rabid. There's no guardrails on NIL. The transfer portal. There, there's more guardrails on the portal, but people are still finding loopholes. You're allowed to transfer more than twice now, or two or more times now. There needs to be some sort of regulation because if there's not, Mark, I'm, I'm, I've seen it this week. More and more guys are wanting to leave college sports, college football in particularly. I mean, when you have coaches, I heard you talk about it, coaches leaving head coaching jobs for coordinator jobs, that's a problem. And it's not just at BC. You see Chip Kelly is interviewing for Chip o- Kelly, yeah. For OC and they're jobs. headed to the Big Ten, so it's, it's not even about – access to something exactly yeah. and he's interviewing actively ryan grubb you know is leave is you know was going to go to alabama with kalen DeBoer, and now is apparently going to go and be seattle seahawks yeah, yeah. and i mean and, and in that case to me that's an upgrade because you're being an oc in college to oc and pro but to be a college head coach at a school in la in the big 10 and say nah i think i'd rather be a coordinator at the league you know a coordinator either with the raiders or with the the commanders or whatever that's a problem, and that means some of the stuff that you have going on isn't ideal for these coaches, and they're looking for a way to be in a more structured environment, which is the NFL. 
I mean, even coordinators like yesterday, Cliff Kingsbury takes the Raiders OC job, and then congratulations, Mark. Today, Liam Cohen's taking the Buccaneers yeah. off as a coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're so. I've excited. never felt more uh, conflicted about a move in my life. Hey, he likes Baker Mayfield. Apparently, the brief time they overlapped in LA together worked out well, and Baker wants him. It's, yeah. it's going to be interesting. So I, I have been sitting here conflicted all day because I don't think he did like an amazing job uh, with Kentucky, but he was solid. I don't think they do think he did either. Right. Uh, he has uh, totally Scott Satterfield of them all year. In fact, I have a good friend who who is a huge fan of them uh, who texted me. He's like, I'm done with this Satterfield MF or, you know, <laughs> interviewing all over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, I I could not help but laugh today, though, at the number of Kentucky fans who were very mad about him doing this when quite literally Mark Stoops tried to leave. Mm. (laughs) Well. But you're mad at Liam Cohen. uh, This is the second time Cohen's done this, where he's the OC at Kentucky and then goes to the NFL. And they had no problem two years ago with it. And now, I mean, I don't even know if, like, some of them are just happy he's gone at this point because, like you said, the offense was pretty anemic this past year. Well, part of it, I think the first time why they weren't as mad because they looked at it as a promotion. It's like, oh, man, okay, you're going off to the Rams. You came from the Rams. You're going to be their OC. All the McVay guys get head coaching jobs. So, like, okay, good for you. And at that time, I think they had just had the Will Levis, uh, Wondell Robinson year. So it was like, oh, man, you did what you're supposed to do. Our offense looked fun. We we beat the heck out of Louisville. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, okay, great. But then you go to the Rams, and the Rams are like, okay, this ain't working. You know, you can go back to UK. <laughs> like, like I think we'll try somebody else, and that somebody else ends up, I think, getting the head coaching job too. So it's like they worked out for the Rams, and for UK, it's like, hey, we got our guy back that had our offense, you know, blazing. He's there for one year, and keeps telling you he doesn't want to go anywhere. But every time there's an OC uh, interview, he interviewed like, for a lot of OC jobs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like any anybody that would right. take him for an interview, he took it. Like he until he got it. one. Basically. Yeah, exactly. It like he was determined. He was hell bent on getting back to league, getting out of Lexington to go, whether it was Chicago or Ohio State, uh, Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> like now with the Tampa, it's like he was gonna. He was going to land on his feet somewhere, and it wasn't ever going to be Lexington. I just want you guys to both envision a year ago, right now, someone telling me, aren't you excited to have Liam Cohen and Baker Mayfield? (laughs) And and I guess I'm supposed to, but I'm not. Uh, At this point, they got to beat them next year. Oh, Jeff, you got to beat Kentucky next year. Oh, yeah, without question. Uh, This is seven offensive coordinators in 11 years for Stoops. Oh. I didn't realize that. And five in five years? Whew. Man. That's oof. That's rough. No, that's, I mean, and you got an all new offense. You got a new quarterback. You got a new running back. Got a couple new running backs. You know, they got all the, like a lot of guys who were highly touted high school guys who went to big colleges, but didn't really see the field a lot. Vandergriff, five-star guy, didn't yeah. really play at Georgia. Uh, Teague played a little bit at Ohio State, but wasn't the feature guy, right? So you have guys that have the pedigree. Now you got to figure out a, a coach that's going to get them together because we know offense isn't stoop specialty. So Well, and they've turned that offense offensive staff over. You the receivers coach leave uh, or fired, whatever, and you bring him back, offensive line coach that people didn't like, Wolford, when he left uh, before and kind of blamed him for the big blue wall disappearing and yeah. all that. So some mess uh, to have to deal with. Uh, Maybe we'll get Brian Ferentz. That's the joke. And my buddy <laughs> Jason uh, has uh, mentioned that a couple of times. I do love uh, – you know what? That is what, that is exactly what I want. 
That, Just the Iowa offense there. <laughs> yes. Like, if you can't get to Iowa, bring the Iowa to you. That's what Stoops is going to do. Oh, my goodness. Let's get uh, Eric in here before we take a break. Eric, welcome into the drive. And I think, what's up, bud? Hey, guys. How are y'all doing today? Good, man. You know, I'm, I'm really fascinated by the, the NCAA breakaway thing. It, it, it's something I've pondered a lot. It, you know, it's been percolating now for about almost 15 years. Yeah. And... I see it to maybe where the NCAA started to see the writing on the wall and maybe willing to change things. Of course, this whole Tennessee thing is going to be interesting. But let's say that if you have the breakaway where you have the SEC and the Big Ten and they sort of have their own thing going, it's sort of like a live golf type thing because there still would be a lot of good teams out there who would be vying for it and – you might even, you know, if they do something like that and they get so big and just it, it keep the others out, you're looking at antitrust potential legis- or actions going on there. Um, but if that were to happen, which I think it could, and I think a lot of teams are doing this crazy stuff, especially geographically, but then, I, I you know, because history repeats itself, I would potentially see whatever league that was merging with perhaps maybe another league that formed you know, sort of like the AFL-NFL did. I appreciate uh, the call there, Eric. Thank you. I do think uh, the overarching goal of this, whatever the SEC and Big Ten are going to try to do, is something that's a little bit more uh, indulgent of them kind of pressing their financial advantages and that yes. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a Louisville fan, one, it's terrifying to not be in there. Yes. But I think they would get in there. Like, I yeah. think that that's a world Louisville could live in. And I don't know that a lot schools in the Big 12 and the ACC and stuff like that uh, would be able to to handle that. I think Louisville would welcome that game. Yeah. Wake Forest, not so much. No. no Boston College, Wake right. Forest, like, yes, maybe even the Syracuse, like, you'd struggle. Baylor. So, yeah, like, it, it, you'd struggle, you right. know, and, and it, it's dependent. Iowa State. It, the, the big, your, your money-making sports are the ones that got to carry the weight, right? Right now, Louisville basketball would hurt you, but your football team is rolling so much. And a lot of this stuff is predicated on football success. I mean, it's just it's just the world we live in. That's how it works. Because unlike Louisville, most other places make their money or make their bones with their football programs. Uh, and so with the hiring of a Jeff Brom and with the success that he's had in a short amount of time, and if he continues to progress the way we believe he will, that's what gets you in those conversations. You know, Seven and five and six and six seasons don't in football. But if you're 10 and four, you know, 10 and three, 11 and two, well, those do. Those do. Maybe you get, you're fighting with Florida State and Clemson or whoever for ACC championship games on the gridiron in Charlotte. Yeah, that, that gets you in those rooms. That gets you in those conversations. And having a guy, a football coach that those conferences actually respect also get you in those conversations. That's no disrespect to anybody in the past, but I think Jeff Brom with his time in the Big Ten yeah. and his his success shortly here in Louisville, he is respected among those conferences and those and coaches his teams in those are. conferences. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree uh, with every word of that. Uh, whatever is going on there, uh, I think it's accurate to say that Liam Cohen tried very, very hard to not be in Lexington. Oh, like, yeah. you know, I don't think it was that you know he's here – but I couldn't turn this opportunity down. He was actively getting out. 
in and out resumes. Yeah. <laughs> he was on Indeed. Like, he was out there looking for something until he found it. Yes. Uh, and if I was a Kentucky fan, which I most certainly am not, I, I would be worried uh, about that and, and what that might mean, uh, especially going into kind of the – this is a really bad time to lose that continuity when you're about to lose the, uh, the security blanket that is uh, – divisional play yeah in the sec yeah you know and, and taking on i think a lot of, being able to avoid i think a lot of the especially with mississippi state as a permanent opponent from the west they were only once you know the only one other team was sort of rotating on as difficult ones and i'm simpson not so hard and now it, you're not going to have that protection and you also have to think about it this way with cohen too like stoops is out the door if if the if the mississippi i mean if the texas a&m fans don't have a revolt Stoops is in is in Texas now, and you know he's a, he's an he's an Aggie right now. Like for uh, according to all indications, right? According to all indications, he would have been the head coach. And with their next, you know, the guy they ended up going with is just Stoops Light, right? Like you know, he's like a defensive guy that had you know somewhat success at Duke. Just in a, he just did in a shorter amount of time, where Stoops has done it over the course of 11, 12 years, right? So it makes sense. And with Cohen, it's like you know, ultimately, I want to be in the NFL anyway. I don't want to like. I don't even know if this guy's like. If they if they do have a successful season and somebody does need a head coach, a bigger SEC program or maybe a Big Ten program or Iowa, like everybody always brings up, this guy might be out of here too. And I don't want to go to Iowa. Like I don't want to be the coordinator at A and M. I want to eventually be back in the NFL. And is this the route to do it? Now, if I can get an NFL job now, it's probably a better route. And that's what he did. I, I do wonder if uh, before we take a break, I do wonder if. We won't see like some suspicion from college coaches about hiring anyone with any NFL experience. Right? <laughs> oh, with this transition, absolutely. Be, like all I want are people who've never had a taste of that life. <laughs> I don't want anyone who because it, anyone it seems like anyone who's any good who's done both is like get me back there. Absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. I, I just don't want anyone with any of that experience. I don't want anyone who knows better. It's not an all-encompassing <laughs> job at the NFL. Like, like yeah. obviously it is during the season, but you get breaks. Like, you, right. like, like, nobody can tamper with your roster because there's free agents. There's no transfer portal. Right. There's contracts that people sign. Now, people can demand trades or whatever, but there's contracts that they're signing. They're going to be here for two years, three years, whatever. Whereas college, they could be here for six months and be the star. And just because someone can pay them more money or offer them a better lifestyle, they can be out of here. Like I always think of like Jordan Addison. He was the Bolitnikoff winner, right? USC gets Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. I think I like that situation a lot better than yeah. Pittsburgh. You know, they can give me a penthouse in downtown LA. It'll get me two million, whatever they paid, and I get to play with the guy who ends up winning the Heisman. Yeah, I could stay it. You know, pit and make a be a legend here, or I could go over there and end up a first round pick and play with the Heisman Trophy winner, and also have a penthouse in downtown LA making two million a year. It's kind of hard to, to fight that because you're not only recruiting high school and portal, you got to recruit your roster too, and that's tough. That's just tough, especially at the smaller schools uh, like up like a Boston College, right? Because they Texas I, Tech, te yeah, it's just tough right. because I heard because uh, everybody's not going to be Zay Flowers. That's right. Where where their star. They get offered. Zay Flowers went on record and said, I got offered $2 million by multiple schools. I mean, I I talked to both uh, Quincy Riley and Ashton Gelati, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I didn't. I say, I don't want numbers, and I don't want names. I heard that, yeah. I, but I, you guys heard from folks, right? And like, of course, indirectly, yeah, of course. And, and it's going to happen. And, and when you're at us, and luckily they were here. Yeah. But 
it's not always the case at a somewhere else. So, all right, it's time for stop the gas bag. We're going to give Jeff uh, his his first uh, his maiden voyage on it. So, you all know how this works. Everything works best if you will give us a call during the break so that we can come back from commercial and hit the ground running. So give us a call, 8150-939, if you want to take on one of us here for something gas bag. On the other side, on the drive on our Thunderbolt. Be right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. You're listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Jeff Lightsey Jr. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. It's time for Stump the Gas Bag, so give us a call. We do got one, so we're going to get it started here, but we need you guys to get in here. 8150-939 is the number if you want to jump in here. We will uh, get things started here with Alfred here in just a minute, but it's time for Stump the Gas Bag. Let's go. Our guys know a lot about sports. Clay Travis is still a dumbass. There is porn on he the is. television here. I he love a, a giant turkey leg. I, I saw do. Louisville's <laughs> offensive line get stoned. But we want to level the playing field. Give their brains a real test. Let us play this game for a pipe. How has that baby not made her hotter? And we want you to get involved. <laughs> Curse my balls. <laughs> so here's your shot. Can you stump the gas bag? I don't know that I'm ever not going to laugh at that. <laughs> These, it's pretty a good, good open. <laughs> it is good. Is really good, and I, I know where most, if not all, of those clips came from. Oh, like, same here. Quick. Yeah, I'll let you get uh, that one going here, but we'll get Alfred in here. So, for you, Jeff, mm-hmm. best of three. Okay. Uh, and you just uh, if if it's you versus the caller, you guys, all you have to do is say "gas bag" okay. uh, to ring. That's like your way of buzzing it. Bing. That's okay. all uh, you got to do. Uh, but we'll let uh, Spencer get us uh, started here with Alfred whenever he's uh, available. All Preston, right, let's so. go, Alfred. Do you want to take on Jeff or Mark today? Let me take on Jeff. All right. I like it. <laughs> All right. I, here, I like when I get to just sort of be the peanut gallery. So this is ideal for me. All right, Alfred. All right. So first up, let's go with sports. The Chiefs will become the second team to face the 49ers twice in the Super Bowl. Who is the other team that's faced them twice? Oh, come on, guys. Gas bag. I think I heard the contestant, Alfred. Yeah, go, go for it. Yeah. A.B. <laughs> uh, Broncos. Unfortunately, it's not the Broncos. Is it the is it the Cowboys? No, no, no. It's the 49ers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not the Cowboys. Steelers. It is the Bengals. Oh, wow. it is the Bengals. Yep. Bengals. They lost, they, uh, they they played that one Super Bowl. Obviously, the John Taylor catch uh, down in Miami, yeah. and then the one that they played in the dark cave that was the old Pontiac Silverdome. Oh wow. Yeah, because I remember a few years ago. Kenny Anderson, quarterback to Cincinnati team before your time or mine. would have never gotten that. (laughs) Yeah, because they almost got a a third matchup a couple years ago. That's right. They would have, you know, both won. Anyway, let's go pop culture here. February 1st, 1975, Antoine Patton was born. 
He's better known as this member of a popular rap duo. Hmm. You asking them to name the duo? Name the rapper who's okay. name who Antoine Patton became. Okay. Patton. I feel like I should know that. I feel like y'all should know that too. <laughs> you know, I don't think I should definitely that, know that. But I don't know that. <laughs> he said it's a rap duo. He's he's part of a duo. Yeah, that's another. Yeah, Go ahead, know. Alfred. I'm a DMC run DMC. I don't know. <laughs> it's not oh. any of those guys. I cheated, but I'm not playing, so it's okay. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I don't even want to embarrass myself like I did the first answer. <laughs> <laughs> but saying it, uh, an NFC team. <laughs> that is Big Boy from Outcast. It is Big Boy. Ah, come on. I would have. I just want you guys both to know that I would have said Outcast because I can't think of another rap duo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, that was literally. Yeah, because like, Andre is like his actual name, so that's not Andre Three Thousand. Yeah. Yeah. So who's the other guy? And he's kind of forgettable at times. <laughs> At least his real name. All right, sudden <laughs> yeah. death here, fellas. Sudden right, death. Yeah, we got to get something on the board, Abe. All right, let's, let's go. go. The cards, they take on Florida State tomorrow night. The Seminoles are led by Leonard Hamilton. What FSU rival did Hamilton coach from 1991 to 2000? Yeah. Dang, I'm off today. No, FSU rival? Three. That's a little gas bag. I'm going to say ahead. Florida? It's not Florida. Alfred? Gas bag Miami. I got there you go. It is I got Miami. It. it is Miami. Well done, Alfred. Yeah. Uh, well for, done, sir. Hang on the line, Alfred. We'll get you situated with a prize in a moment after we're done with something gas bag. But congratulations on winning today, man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, shout out, Life. Keep it up, man. Good work. Appreciate I agree. It. Appreciate it, buddy. Always. <laughs> Who's next, Spencer? Next up, we got Kyle. Kyle, how's it going, man? Hey, doing well. Do you want to take on Jeff or Mark today? Uh, let's go new boy, Jeff. All right. All right. I like it. Be this, is me. this is great. All right. You're getting, uh, you're getting hazed. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is the opposite of like, Tyler Grieber's first time because everyone just kept avoiding Tyler. We're like, That's right. it's, it's Tyler. Come on. <laughs> All right. Only one Super Bowl matchup has happened three times. Name it. Just need both teams that have faced off in the Super Bowl three times against each other. Gas bag. Go ahead. I'm going to say Steelers and Cowboys. It is Steelers Cowboys. Let's go. Back on the board. Jeff's up one nothing Let's in this battle. Let's go. February 1st, 2004. The Patriots won their second Super Bowl. During the halftime show that year, there was a wardrobe malfunction. Oh. A pretty famous one. 20 years. What song was Justin Timberlake singing when he ripped Janet oh, Jackson's cool. outfit? <laughs> Everyone knows this, and no one knows the song. Apparently. Yeah, I have no idea what the song was. Uh, I can't even think of a 20 year old Justin Yeah, Timberlake I can't even think of a Justin Timberlake song this time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm just about to gas bag. I'm going to just say, uh, Cry Me a River. Just guess. No <laughs> That'd be awkward. I mean, that would be very. Awkward. I mean, there's no well, good. It was awkward no matter what. Yeah, exactly. So let's put it that way. <laughs> no idea, though. Kyle, got a guess? No guess, no. Mark, you know this? It's Rock Your Body. It was. Isn't the final line of that song, Have You Naked, by the end of this song? Exactly. And then he He succeeded. (laughs) (laughs) Which is kind of the problem. Yikes. Exactly. Yikes. All right, Kyle, you got to get this one, buddy. All right. Yesterday, the NBA All-Star Reserves were announced. Kentucky led the way with the most total All-Stars with seven. 
Only one other college had more than one all-star. What college was that? Gas bag. Go ahead, Kyle. Duke. It was Duke. Well done. They're All staying right. alive. Yeah, Jason Tatum. Sudden Kyle death Bancaro. now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. All right, let's go. February 1st, 1994, Green Day released their third studio album. Name this album that features hits such as Basket Case and Longview. Gas bag. Go ahead. No. It was Dookie. Well oh, done. We got two winners today. Well, it was a come from behind win right there. I was never going to get that green day. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> you just had to see my fans like, oh, well, I remember green uh, day. listening to that with my CD Walkman often <laughs> as a Damn. teenager. Yeah. Well, Kyle, hang <laughs> well on. Well done, Kyle. Two winners. It's been a while, so we got a winner. So hang on, Kyle. We'll get to you momentarily. <laughs> Do we have time? We got one more? Uh, gas bag be gas bag. All right. It's me and you, Jeff. All right. Let's All do right, this. Let's go. <laughs> Yesterday, the college baseball world lost a legend with the passing of Mike Martin. He's the only coach to surpass 2,000 wins throughout his coaching career. How many national titles did he win at Florida State? Gas bag. Go ahead. None. <laughs> it is correct. <laughs> Zero. Sad. Think it was Just the, the Marv Levy of, of college <laughs> yeah. baseball. All the wins. Yeah. No titles. Man. It'd uh, be like if Don Shula had no Super Bowls. Just, yeah. yeah. Carl Weathers, unfortunately, passed away earlier today or last night at the age of 76. While best known for his acting career, he had a brief NFL career with this team from 1970 to 1971. I don't know the team. I have no idea what team. Uh, I'll just say the Steelers. I was going to guess one of those. What is it about him that made us say Steelers? (laughs) So since it wasn't the Steelers, I got to go to another team that's been around forever the Raiders I guess yeah the the I would say the Eagles it's not the Eagles mm, okay. it is the Raiders though it is the Raiders <laughs> yeah. I definitely should have known the that. freaking guy from <laughs> Predator played for the Raiders of course yeah two years and I don't know we did not much stats obviously who cares right <laughs> yeah he was good as Apollo Creed and everything else he did let's go a little pop culture here February 2nd 1996 Black Sheep was released I know Dave would have loved this question what state was Al Donnelly running for governor in in the movie? Wait, can we start this question over again? Yeah, February 2nd, 1996, Black Sheep was released in okay. theaters. What state was Al Donnelly, that's Chris Farley's brother in the movie, running for governor in? Gas bag. I'm going to just say Texas. It's not Texas. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, the Michigan. It's I have not, no idea. It's Washington. Oh, if I had seen like the movie, it's been a while since <laughs> of all the states. Which yeah, would have been like I love that you did a Chris Farley movie question without Dave here, though. I, I know, like I, I love Jeff. Don't get me wrong, but like Dave definitely <laughs> would have loved that Dave's question. Dave's wheelhouse. <laughs> There's so many questions I'm trying to like not ask Dave, and it's like I'm sorry, like Dave knows everything. So <laughs> one way or another, like six degrees of Kevin Bacon here. And then lastly, February 2nd, 1972, this Stanley Kubrick film was released. It stars Malcolm McDowell in this dystopian film based on a novel that was released in 1962. Name it. Mm. Really weird movie, but it's all Kubrick movies are weird, so that may not help. Yeah, I'm not the biggest is, it, uh, is it 2001 Space Odyssey? Mm. Is that too, too early? Space Odyssey was 68. Oh, too late. Yeah. I was looking up Cooper. Also, stuff. a very weird movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not the biggest movie buff over here, so I have no clue. Also, when it comes to... Uh, Especially movies based on books written in the 60s. <laughs> no, that's true. But, uh, Stanley uh, Kubrick movies. Uh, there's a documentary called Room 237, mm. 
that it's all about what are supposed to be hidden messages in Kubrick movies. And the first half of it is in The Shining is pretty compelling. They come up with some really interesting stuff that clearly was done on purpose. You're like, wow, he really was maybe trying. But then they launch. And by the end of that movie, you're like, I've done drugs. Without even realizing it, they've given me drugs. This is crazy what's happening here. To where it's like 2001 Space Odyssey was supposed to be like his confession that he helped fake the moon landing film and stuff. Like crazy oh, stuff. Oh, man. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts. The answer to this one was Clockwork Orange. Again, one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen in a while. Also agree, one of the weirdest movies. <laughs> it's, ever. it's good. I don't even know if it's good. It's like it's. Said, yes, that's right. Good. <laughs> I don't even know if it's a good movie. It's just a weird movie. Isn't that a? That's such a unique feeling, though. You get yeah. to the end of a movie and you like you look you're like, was that good? Yeah. It's I don't like, know if that was good. It's like yeah. Rooking for a Dream. If you've seen that, it's like yes. Is it good? Like yes. It's weird. Yeah. There's I, movies like, that I, people may not want to watch it again. They just aren't. It's just like it's not good. It's just weird. It's Nothing <laughs> is coming to mind like immediately. But yes, that is a funny feeling to be like people love a movie. You're like mm. yeah, it's, it's actually very strange. It's not good at all. <laughs> like it's just kind of weird. <laughs> like so yeah. Can I be the, just, like I don't? I might lose people forever over this. But like, there's almost no Tarantino movie that I really enjoy. And I'm not ashamed to, to say that. Like here's what Django. I don't like. I like Django. That's about it. Django was great. Is about I mean, I love Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> Reservoir Dogs is great. But that's the only one that comes to mind I, right off the top. Here's what I don't like. Every, every movie, everyone talks a lot. They all talk so it's much, a lot of dialogue. and it wears me out. I'm just it's like they're all just like him, you know. And you watch him talk in the movie, and it's all clearly stuff he's written. And it's like this is just him being every character. Yeah, I just I don't know that. that much dialogue. It's like everyone has to wear all their thoughts on the outside. It wears me out. I don't I don't love it. But then. Jango was awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> so that's about it. But that's the only one I got. That's the only one. So, yeah. But there is a lot of dialogue in his movies. I, mean, I love Pulp Fiction and like, Reservoir Dogs' early works. And See, I don't think Reservoir Dogs is good at all. You're entitled to your opinion on that. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you put that. I love the way you said that. That. <laughs> that was very funny. Like, you pressed a button. To say it for you instead of you saying that. I that actually, really is I'm what that felt AI, like. Apparently, <laughs> you <laughs> are like, out of your and you said it so quick, like well, on it was, command. Yeah, it was yeah. like, yeah, okay. Like something tricky. He was like, "You are out of your opinion." <laughs> <on that." laughs> he was like, no hesitation. Like, like, like he was dubbed in what you were really gonna say. <laughs> like we're gonna fight. You like, oh no, this is the best movie ever. You, you suck. I'm like, nah. You, you can have your opinion. Like we can disagree on that if you want. Inglorious Bastards was pretty good. Oh yeah, exactly. I'll agree with that. Once upon a time in Hollywood, it's great the first time you watch it, it, but then like the ending of the movie is like you know it's coming, so it kind of loses a little bit of luster. Mm. But it's still the f- it's a good movie. I recommend it. Yeah, I need to go check that one out. That's one I've, I've been wanting to see. I just haven't made the time for it. Might do that tonight though. Maybe. I'm gonna have to give it some thought. But like a movie that everyone likes that you just are not feeling it. Mm. Nothing jumps to my mind. Like not right now. I'll think of something though. Like I. Like Jordan Peele movies aren't crazy to me. Okay. Like Jordan, like I like Get Out. Yeah. The other ones. Okay. And uh, they don't do it for me. Like they people tell you, oh, it's supposed to be deep. Right. If I gotta put on a tinfoil koofy in in okay, or, like, like, or the other way, like one that every people people hate and you like. Hmm. Like people way. really, really hate M Night Shyamalan movies, or like to give him a hard time. Hmm. I think his movies are great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really enjoy them. Movie that people. I can't think. I can't think. Of, I, I really need like Jordan Peele movies that just came to me right off the sure. top because like he, it's like they keep getting worse. Uh, 
I can't think of a movie that everybody hates that I really actually like. And it'll come to me in a second, though. We'll think about, think about it. All right. We'll take a quick break here. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk a, a little more uh, about uh, what's going on here locally. Let you guys uh, sound off here uh, as well. On the drive on Nathan the Ville. Be right back.